Hey ladies, it's your favorite dating coach here. Do these titles sound familiar at all? Uh, what to do until love finds you. Secrets of an irresistible woman. What are the three biggest mistakes women make in relationships? <laughs> hey, what's up ladies? So today I'm gonna show you guys 10 ways to make a guy weak for you. So how do you become a high value woman that men will never want to leave? Coming up, a year and a half ago, she said she was fat, broke, and miserable. Now she's happier than ever. How'd she do Hey everybody, welcome back to Land Your Man. We're in season two, this is episode 10. And this week we're gonna review The Sensuous Woman by Jay. And I have with me a friend of mine who I have known for some, I don't know, 20 years? Yeah. How long have we known each other? I was gonna, I, I told the girls decades, so yeah. Since yeah, so we... 25. Something like that. We met, uh, we were in a play together years and years ago, and then uh, you got me a job at the San Diego Reader, and we worked there together <laughs> oh, for right. a while. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then you, you moved away, and you, you started a family, and you became a mom, and you did all of these things. Yeah. And I'm still single, but it's fine. <laughs> Which is totally fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> so tell the listeners uh, a little bit more about you and who you are and all of these good things. Sure. And so I grew up, I'm a Southern California native, and I grew up in Huntington Beach, where I actually came back to and live now with my mm -hmm. two daughters and my husband. And we've been married for 16? Yes. 16 years oh my god can you believe that pure bliss every moment of every day um it's it's hard right single is hard marriage is hard he's wonderful but you know yeah of um, course i'm sure yeah. and i'm that person that does a little bit of everything so people yes. often say either what are you doing now like Ugh. or they say what are you doing like their life is so boring or something uh -huh. So I just, I, I'm a brand ambassador. I work my day jobs. I dance on TikTok now. I just, I'm a creative <laughs> person trying to make money, right? I'm a creative <laughs> person trying not to just drive myself to death with spreadsheets and, and do a little right. fun and make, make life um, a fun adventure and not so serious all the time. So yeah, that's very important. Yeah. Uh, tell, so what, tell us about being a brand ambassador. This is pretty cool. Yeah, so I'm a brand ambassador for Oprah Magazine. And it just, it, I started when they have launched the program. I've, I've been in it for three years. Um, sometimes I'm like, why do they have me in it? <laughs> because I don't have like, a sh can I cuss? I don't have a shit ton yes. of followers, but I'm very, I just do what I want to do in a, in a nice way and try to put out positivity, but also with a sense of humor. And so yeah. I, I review brands that they give to me, or I got to be featured in the magazine a few times, which was super fun. But the best part about the OMAG Insiders is the people that are in it and just mm -hmm. the support. There's such cool women across the country, all shapes and sizes and ages and backgrounds and it's a really cool supportive environment and actually I'm going to go see Oprah and JLo on Saturday at the forum in LA oh my god and so awesome I'll meet up with 
Yeah, I think about, there's probably going to be like five, six of the Omega Insiders there, so that'll mm -hmm. be a cool little meetup. Will you tell Oprah for me that if things don't work out between her and Stedman, that you know about this great little podcast that will help her land right. another man? Right? Even though her and Stedman have been together for... Or it's probably more likely for J-Lo, because she does like to hop around a little. She does hop around, but she seems pretty happy right now. Oh, totally. I yeah, she's. I don't think A-Rod's letting her get and go anywhere. Right. I don't think he's going to let her that go. Well, Julian Huff is going to um, be there, too, so. Okay. Well, just all of them. Tell mm -hmm. them all. All of them. Uh, <laughs> no, that's so awesome. And my I'm so insiders. proud of you. I will definitely hashtag OMAG Insiders when yes. I post stuff about this for sure. And you guys, you guys, you insiders can um, review the sensuous woman in Oprah Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> right? It'll be hot. It'll, It'll be, be a hot fantastic. topic. Um, Sex then and now. Yes, absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah, so I'm still single, which is fine. I'm actually coming to terms with it in in the larger sense of like what that really means, which to me yeah. is that I may always be single. <laughs> just I this might be it for me. And <laughs> but I'm still just so curious about relationships and love and coupling and pairing up and how it all happens and it's kind of like yeah. this it's like math to me. I'm just I hate math. But I always wish I was good at it, you know. <laughs> Me too. But I'm just not good at it. It's just not my well, thing. And, see, and it's not my thing either, but it's funny just being in a marriage is the same thing. It's like, uh -huh. yeah, you've got stability, kind of, but the floor could fall out at any moment. <laughs> right. True. You True. Know? So, um, and I, I don't know anyone that, like, knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. They I don't right. like it. There's definitely no manual. I don't, you know, there's mm. not like, here, this is your how-to book the, the day that mm. you get your marriage certificate. They don't, like, yeah. nope. lay it out for you. So you Just go get, like, a pina colada in Maui and just get a paper. It's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, because we talked a while ago, and I remember, because you were, you kind of reached out about something that you had said, something that I posted, and when we connected and started talking about it you were telling me that you guys just kind of agree like you're like we just kind of agree to just keep going <laughs> just, just you know it's just kind of like a, a every day you just kind of make a decision that yeah. okay we're gonna yeah. still be together it's you know um I think I, I, I did that was hear that actually recently yeah and I did hear that recently like being married is a decision you make every morning you get up every single day uh-huh yeah and so and whatever that day brings and what that means but it's like it is you know such a core commitment it's it's just it's like being a good daughter or being a good friend too I feel like you wake up each day deciding to do that so right absolutely and you guys I mean you guys have a good marriage it's not like you know I, I he strikes me as he's a he's a good person um for sure not somebody that you would be sitting there questioning why you're even in a relationship yeah. you know what I mean it's like no, no I yeah agreed I landed a good man I you know person for sure yeah. yeah yeah well good that makes me happy 
Yeah. Um, and they're out there, right? But it's funny because I feel like my boyfriend, who you met, Isaiah, before Kevin. Oh, my God, Isaiah. My yes, I remember Isaiah. That little Isaiah. He was sweet. He, he was. And without him, yeah. I would have never gotten married, I don't think, because he was so loving and kind to me and respectful and honest. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't had anyone like that previously, that, that uh-huh. he, like, set me up for being able to be open to get married or I would have been single forever too. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Because I do think that every relationship that we have ultimately just sort of is the catalyst for Mm -hmm. the relationship. I mean, that's what I've heard from a lot of people is that they can go back over their history of dating and over the people that they had been with and see sort of how they ended up where they were and why it absolutely contributed to being in the relationship that they're in now. So, and I can definitely see that. I can definitely, because I had, you know, I had a seven year relationship with someone who I loved very much and who was actually really good to me. And I've had a couple of men say, when I don't um, react the way maybe some women would, or when I don't, you know, if I'm, they'll say, Oh, you've probably been treated really bad in the past. And I'm like, no, no, I haven't. I, I actually was treated really well by someone. And so I have some standards for myself. And so... Right, there's a difference. At, yeah, exactly. And so it does, you know, it does make a difference because, you know, my ex, he he truly loved me. And there was no doubt in my mind yeah. that he did. And I loved him. And life just, it just didn't happen for us. But um, I was blessed to be with somebody who I can still be friends with and still care for very much, you know. And so I think that sets the standard for relationships that I'm in now is just wanting that same kind of just knowing that they care about me no matter what, you know, Mm -hmm. because he was just very, very vocal and very supportive and consistent and all of those things. So that's what I'm looking for in a long-term thing for sure. And I, and yeah, I agree. They're sure. out there. Yeah. They're out there. I just haven't found I haven't found them. And I was talking to my friend yesterday, and I was saying, you know, I think they are out there, but the ones that are out there, they, they're with the good women. They're, you know, like, I think there's, there's a lot of the good men are already paired off with good women. I mean, that's, but that's not to say that there's, you know, there's a number of factors oh, that go into. cycling around. There's a cycle coming. Totally. And also, it's just, just because somebody's not right for you doesn't mean they're not out there. It's like, they're just, that's just not your match, you know? Because like with you got with your husband, you kind of didn't, it wasn't like you were like, oh, this guy's going to be my husband, right? It just kind of was a, it just was something that just kind of, right, like it just kind of happened. And then all of a sudden, you guys were together and it then was, all of a sudden it was we're married. super casual but it was funny because I had like visions during the beginning of it uh-huh. I had a vision when I lived in LA that if I moved home I'd get married to someone that I knew uh-huh. and uh-huh. I never wanted to I didn't want to move home. I wasn't ready for a couple years and then I moved home and then I did know Kevin from high school like we didn't go to the same high school I dated his neighbor when I was 18 uh-huh. and he was 15 because Kevin's younger than me and then we were super casual. That's what I told my friend. I'm like, I don't want anything serious. I just want something casual. And flash forward to, 
I had this vision in the middle of the summer that said, if we're still together by the end of the year, I think we'll get engaged Mm -hmm. um, and then we'll get married in the fall, the following year. And we got engaged on December 29th, which I didn't (laughs) know at at a Charger game. Right. And then Uh we got married in the fall in that November. So how funny. Yeah. That's awesome. I have it in my journal, all this stuff. And I mean, and there were what could have been total red flags. Like the funny thing is, I think when you connect with someone that's a good person, like you're talking about, mm-hmm. sometimes those sil- silly deal- little deal breakers that you have up when you're not with someone good, they don't matter as much anymore. They're like, mm. yeah, that's not that big of a deal. Like, so Eddie doesn't text me back right away. Like, whatever. You know? Right. I don't know. He's There's- a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it's a different feeling. Yeah, because our first date was just crap. So, <laughs> <laughs> what happened on the first date? We we had been like hooking up, no big deal, and then we were going to go out for, for like a dinner, like just the two of us. And okay, so you guys up. were hooking up casually before you ever even like went on a date. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We would all we would just all like boozy Sunday fun days with everybody. Like we just had pool parties, like super way casual. Right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And like maybe like a month and a half into it or something, we um, he came to pick me up for the date, and his friend Rod was in the truck with him, um, who was a recent divorcee and very bitter. So <laughs> I had to I had to sit bitch in the truck. <laughs> To go to this horrible Mexican restaurant. Right? Oh my God. Where all we did is listen to Rod complain about his ex and how evil she was. And uh-huh. the tacos were disgusting. I remember being like, this is the worst taco ever. And then I can just imagine were, like, your face. <laughs> just, just tickled just cabbage. It was awful. And, and Hashtag then pickled like, cabbage. I've got to remember that. <laughs> And then, and then Rod's like, let's go get pictures at Fred's. And I was like, that's not going to happen. And so I have oh just God. said, you can take me home, you know? So, uh-huh. and I lived at my parents' house at the time. So I went home and my mom was like, why are you back so quick? I said, well, because like, uh, well, did the divorcee ruin the date? <laughs> the divorcee and the pickled cabbage were deal breakers for me. <laughs> and I don't drink pictures of beer, so... Oh my God, oh. that's too amazing. See, and that's, and that like, just, I still don't know why he brought Rod. Like, I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and that just goes to show that it's like, you know, we can have in our mind all of those scenarios of the romance and how it's all going to go down. <laughs> and then yeah. we don't know. Right? You can no. plan it. You can do self-care and self-work <laughs> and... You can go to the therapist, and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to marry this guy that took me on a really horrible date. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, aren't you glad that you kind of got past that, and now you're like 16 years of marriage later, and you yeah, still totally. love him and want to wake up yeah. next to him every day? And that's yeah. so awesome. I love that. I love yeah. that. I love love, Becky. <laughs> I love it. And I mean, who um, puts a heart on the top of your house, right? Who puts a heart of lights on the top of your house? My husband. Yeah, yeah. Nobody right now. Um, my cats. <laughs> <laughs> my cats do that. My cat is very supportive of me. 
Like, he, <laughs> he lets me live my life. Yeah, that's um, good. He's, he's, he's just very giving. He's just stuck here all day, like, trapped like a prisoner, so he doesn't really have a choice. <laughs> but let's get right into yeah. the sensuous woman. <laughs> and, okay, I'll be, I'll be totally honest with you. When I ended my relationship of seven years, uh, three years ago, three and a half years ago, it's been a while. I was like, I'm going to just go out there and just get laid. <laughs> like as many times as I can. Like that was my goal. And I think that's a good goal. I was in a bookstore. No, this was like four years ago. I was in a bookstore and I saw this little paperback book, The Sensuous Woman. And it just says by Jay. So it's like so mysterious. Like who's I know. Jay? And it says the runaway bestseller that changed the way women make love. And I think this book was like, I don't know, it was like $2 or something. (laughs) Super cheap. And I was like, I'm buying that shit. I'm going to read. I got to find out about the sensuous woman. I want to be a sensuous woman. I know. And it, and it like outsold the Godfather and yes, crazy books. This book was fucking huge right because this was the first book that was ever written and published about women having sex and enjoying it it wasn't like a science you know it wasn't like oh here's the joy of sex here's your bot here's how your body works this was like i'm gonna teach you how to give a blow job and and love it (laughs) I'm going to teach you how to rub one out. Um, I'm going to teach right. you how... She talks about polyamory in here. She, ta- I mean, it's... She's not fucking around. You know? Well. <clears throat> well. <laughs> she's fucking around. Okay? Just, we'll just put it that way. I mean, and she also... You know, she talks about things like having sex outside of the bedroom. I mean, it's just... It's too <gasps> funny. So, a little bit about Jay. I was interested, too, to see, like, what made that publisher do it, you know? Like, mm, interesting. I'm always, I'm always interested in the, how it got there. That's, that's you know? Yes. Yeah, definitely. How many people um, said no? So, basically, her name is Joan Teresa Garrity. She was born in 1940. And she... Um, she worked on the staff. Alive? Sorry. You know, yeah, she is still alive. She is. She's my dad's age. Look at her. Yeah. No, she's, there's not a, there's not an end date here. So she's still kicking. <laughs> um, so apparently it looks like, to answer your question, it says she worked on the staff of publisher Lyle Stewart, who published the book. And um, she published a book about shopping in New York originally. Now, she published the book under the pseudonym of Jay because of just, I'm assuming, being worried about putting a book like this out there during, you know, in that time and just being so bold with women's sexuality. So she didn't put her real name on it, but it was a huge hit. So she wrote this book and then she wrote, so, okay, so she did two 
um, versions of it. And there is a spoken word record album of this <gasps> on YouTube. You can go and listen cool. to it on YouTube. It is amazing. Oh. <laughs> um, then she wrote a book called Total Loving, How to Love and Be Loved for the Rest of Your Life. And then she wrote the story of Jay, the author of The Sensuous Woman, tells the bitter price of her crazy success. Now, she ended, up yeah, she ended up suing her publisher because they basically, you know, took advantage of her. And they yeah. took advantage of, of the success of the book. And they didn't pay her what they said they would. So she basically ended up suing them for like, I think it was like ultimately around $3 million dollars. She sued for damages totaling more than $3 million, but I think she didn't get $3 million. I think, so it says is she, she was seeking $145,000 in actual damages to, dis, to cover what she describes as unpaid royalties uh, and a total of $3 million in punitive damages and whatever oh, okay. other damages may be awarded at a trial. So, you know, it's like, Am I surprised that they took advantage of a woman writing a sex book? No. <laughs> I'm not surprised about that. Not one little bit. I will say this, though. There were some things in the book that are a little problematic for me, but because it's dated. Just mainly because yeah. it's dated. She didn't really have any expertise or any kind of, like, background in this. She just was like, for it. She was. She's like, I'm a sexy woman who likes to have sex, and men tell me I'm sexy, so I'm going to write a book. <laughs> Right? It's and, like how you I mean, want your girlfriends to talk, maybe, but put it out there for every girlfriend in the world. Absolutely. Which is like why I think this podcast could be a huge hit because I also have no credibility whatsoever. <laughs> I've, I've never, you know, I've, I haven't, I'm not in a relationship. <laughs> you know, I had very little sex until I was about 33 years old. When, when you knew me, I was a virgin. Oh, you yeah. know? Yeah. So it's like, I, I could be just like Jay. I could be C. You could? I could. It's a very sneaky uh, pseudonym, too, just. <laughs> <laughs> C. So, okay, so some of the fun things about this book, I mean, there are so many. And it's, it's little, so you could read this in, like, a day. I mean, you really could if you just really wanted to get in there and get it over with. <laughs> but she, okay, so she talks about. How to prepare yourself, like, you know, visually and how to look like a sensual woman and how to Ooh. dress like a sensual woman. What, yeah, what to wear, you know, things like this, which I just thought was so funny because I'm not really a tomboy, but I, I don't, you know, I, I like to feel pretty and attractive and stuff. But she basically, she says... Uh, now that we have rehearsed your body to the point where it knows all its lines and cues by heart, it's time to costume you and move into the sexual arena. <laughs> so she talks about, um, you know, wearing little sundresses. And when you wear, you know, when you go to bed at night, to wear lingerie, no matter what, like whether you're, with sure, a partner with, or not like or not, you just need yeah. you just need to put on your sexy little nightgown at all times <laughs> so that you feel sensuous she says though that if you go to bed wearing makeup and all this stuff that's not a guarantee you're going to get laid that night which i think <laughs> <laughs> she says going to bed wearing special night makeup and yards of provocative black lace is no guarantee of lovemaking 
<laughs> oh my god, it's too great. But I do, I feel like that's, there's totally something to that, though. The more that you dress that makes you feel feminine, right. that gives you this, like, power and kind of ongoing, like, like, and that is like a self-care, right? But it's like an ongoing, I don't know, reminder of yourself, which I think that's a really good point. Right. And I think nowadays it's easy to kind of call this out and, and say, you know, they're probably feminists who would say, I don't have to dress any certain way or I don't. Have, no, you don't. You don't. But I agree. I think there's something to be said for feeling pretty and feminine and for bringing that into your life whether you're with a man or not or or yeah. with a woman or you know whatever because if you really just want to be sensuous in general that's kind of just carrying that feeling with you at all times mm-hmm. you know and yep. that's kind of what i loved about this book even though it made me feel silly a lot of the time because i've never considered myself like i am a sexual person Absolutely, but I've never considered myself like a sexy woman. There's a difference. Yeah, no, I've never thought, I've never thought, you know, and and I mean, I don't know that anybody, I'm sure there are women that know that they're sexy. There there has to be. Yeah. I mean, what do you... You would. It's funny, because I would think that you would think that in like the most positive way. I just don't. No, I don't think like, oh, I'm such a sexy woman. (laughs) I just don't. (laughs) I mean, what about you? Like, how do you feel about your own sensuality? Like, what? It, how does that sort of define itself for you? It's funny because I, I remember being in an acting class in college. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, oh, I felt so bad for this one actress. Because he had me go up there and he, asked, and he asked me to just read a line or do something. Mm-hmm. Just very casual, no direction. And then he asked this other girl to go up there and act sexy and do the same thing. And then mm-hmm. he was talking about how what she did wasn't sexy. <laughs> because... Oh. She was trying uh-huh. too hard. And I was like, oh, uh-huh. my God. Like that. I mean, it wasn't, like a, it wasn't like a horrible class and a horrible teacher or anything like that. It wasn't. Like, right. But I just was, I was always shocked by that because I thought, A, that thought it was kind of mean. But B, it made a point, right? Where you're like, if you're trying to be too much of it, then maybe you're coming across as not. But I don't know if I agree with that because I feel like whatever makes you feel like it, who cares? Like, who cares mm-hmm. what anyone else thinks, you know? Right. So. Right. Yeah, and I feel like because as a parent with children that live in my home, I have different barriers on what it, when and what feels like, I don't know, it's just funny, it's, it's hard to sometimes switch gears, right, from mm-hmm. mom to, to sensuous woman, you know, right. and yeah, so I'm sure. yeah. I'm still, I mean, my children are 10 and 13, and I'm still struggling with that. Like, I don't know when that goes away or doesn't, does it go away? Like, and a lot of my friends are the same way where, you know, you go out and you have a date night and everything, but then it's hard. What if, what if the date night you're just tired and you don't feel like a sensuous woman, you know, but yeah, right. You just want to go home and eat ice cream and right. You're just like, (laughs) it's Friday. I'm so tired. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I've, I've always been comfortable with, my my body and my for the most part I've never really looked in the mirror I mean like I've looked in the mirror and been like Ugh, but not very often in the sense that even at different sizes shapes that I've been through I've always mm-hmm. been like ah, I look good you know <laughs> so, yeah yeah 
Um, no, I know. That's one thing I've always loved about you is that you're not one of these women that's just, you know, totally self-deprecating. And Mm-mm. you've always I don't love been, that. Yeah. You've been very confident and very, you know, I think, yeah. And, and I think I'm similar. I've always been a larger woman uh, most of my life. And I don't care. <laughs> you know, it's like, right? it doesn't bother me. If it bothers other people, then don't be in my life. Don't be my friend. Sure. Don't be my, you know, whatever. But for me, it's like, this is who I am. I can improve on a number of things, physically, emotionally, whatever, if I want yeah, to. me too. But yeah. ultimately, this is who I am. This is what I bring to the table. And you can take it or leave it. Yeah. You know? Yep. And I have lost weight in the past. and I And I do admit that I feel better I feel sexier when I'm you know healthier I'm not gonna say thinner I'm gonna say when I'm healthier agreed Uh yeah I don't care about thin I that that means nothing to me either because I see thin women who are absolutely basket case miserable yeah and I and I and I see them struggling you know these beautiful women and I see them struggling with like the way that they look and I'm like you fucking hit the jackpot of genetics <laughs> and you're sitting here this is the thing you're complaining why aren't you complaining about the fact that you're not like volunteering or you're not saving a puppy or like whatever the fuck it is but you're sitting here upset about you have too much cellulite and you weigh 115 oh pounds like give me a break I don't, you know <laughs> and I don't blame those women I blame the of world we not. live in for putting yeah. it for putting that kind of value on our bodies and on our contributions as we walk around thinking we're less than mm-hmm. all the time. It all disgusts time. me. It disgusts yeah. me. And I think, so I think this book was interesting because I think she was trying to give women permission to be sexy. And, and you no have to remember, what? this yeah. was like in the height of like the feminist movement, this book was written. Like in the height of it. And there's this... I think there's this like um, push and pull of what does feminism have to do with sex? Eh, mm-hmm. You know, like we want to be equal. It doesn't have to do with our sexuality, but it does. And yeah. it, the That's reason it different. does is because men can go fuck whoever they want to fuck. And I go fuck whoever I want to fuck. I'm not going to get a high five. Like yeah. people are not going to high five me. For fucking three hot guys this week. That's just not how the world works. <laughs> you will. <laughs> High five. Girls but I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, no, but that's, you know, that's the difference. And I think she really was like, hey, ladies, enjoy your sexuality. Don't because guilt yourself. Yeah, these, Don't feel bad. The, well, because these men and women out in the world that are enjoying themselves are doing it with someone. It's not the same. You know? Right, right. It's it's just whether you're comfortable admitting or I don't know talking about it. I see, and I have always been comfortable talking about it, pretty comfortable. So, and I'm sure I've made a lot of people uncomfortable, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, not not on purpose, not vindictively. But there is something intimidating. Like, yeah, it is what it is. Like it's just this, right? No. Yeah, totally. But there's something very intimidating about uh, women who are really open about their sexuality it's scary to a lot of people 
Um, yeah. And it's also like people have, you know, they have their religious judgments on it or they just have their, even just their, like, if it's not even religious, if it's just more their yeah, comfort moral, zone. Yeah. Yeah. Like they consider yeah. it morals and yours right. not. But I think it would all ultimately go back to their religious slant because that's ultimately what makes us decide if something's good or bad or right or wrong. And she kind of threw all that out the door. Right. She threw all that out the door with this book. She's not even talking about the moral (laughs) obligation that women have. She's like, have sex. Um, (laughs) And this is how. Now, I love this chapter, How to Drive a Man to Ecstasy. This one is so fun. Because, (laughs) you know, it's like, she kind of, I think... She talks about it's okay to be sexual for a man. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's okay to kind of show up as that, that fantasy. Yeah. And I love that. But then it's also, it's a little problematic, too. Because it's like right. she, I think some of the stuff that she talks about, um, she says... If you are of the generations that were brought up to believe that sexual intercourse is a woman's unhappy lot, along with menstruation, mounds of laundry, and a never-ending pile of dirty dishes, pots, and pans, you're going to have to work a little harder than other women to ex- to exercise the host of sexual guilts and bugaboos. <laughs> if you are a freed daughter of these generations, you too will have to be on your guard. Because you absor- absorbed in your childhood that the atmosphere of sexual frigidity And even though you have overcome it through knowledge, occasionally you can be hit by a backlash. She goes on to talk about how when you're in a sexual situation with a man, sometimes they'll, they get uncomfortable. They don't know how to handle Mm -hmm. your sexuality and your desire. Yeah. You know? And I thought that that was fascinating because it's true. I've been in that now, even now, nowadays. You know, I've had men tell me, like, um, if I, you know, I, I remember one time in particular I was kind of doing like a little sexy dance for this guy that I was seeing and he was like "Ah, don't do that stop (laughs) it just immediately shut me down and made me feel so like ridiculous and I realized like okay maybe I wasn't good at it maybe I was whatever but that was his shit not mine yeah it was his yeah no you know completely his I don't know like sometimes you just gotta like Take one for the team in the sense of, like, if that's making the other person feel their best and comfortable and it's not exactly what you have on your agenda in your brain for the evening, you just, it's what, how many minutes do you have? You know what I mean? Like, just be a good audience. Right? Just maybe roll with it. And well, I that think that's why. For everything, because I think then that obviously would be misleading if, if, you know, if I mean, like, if you were just like, that's great. Yeah, you're doing a good job or whatever. I don't mean that, but I just mean, (laughs) I mean, the like up to the leading up to the kind of like courtship of it. I feel like you have to be flexible or you have to compromise or I don't know, unless you have rules where you're not. And that's and that's how you guys are approaching it. That's different, too. Well, absolutely. But I think that's why this book is so was so groundbreaking at the time was because mm-hmm. I think something that we still are up against is that women aren't sexual. You know, women are the sex object. Yeah. 
Yep. We're not an autonomous sexual being. We are the object of other people's sexual pleasure, mm -hmm. uh, which steals from us For sure. our experience of having great sex because we're not Absolutely. having sex together. Someone is like having sex on us, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and sure. I think, we, you know, so many women like come up against that experience with relationships that, you know, especially like when you're dealing with cases of abuse and things like that, where your, your desire and your autonomy is not important. And it's not what drives the, the, the man's sex drive mm -hmm. is about you, not with you, you know, mm -hmm. and it, yeah. Okay. And so I, I think know. she kind of opened a, a, a door into the idea that no, women are very sexy, very sexual, and they want to be, yeah. you know. I'd been, I don't know if you'd seen the Goop series at all. It's on Netflix. Is that Gwyneth Paltrow's the, thing, show? Uh -huh. Yes, because I watched Lord, a yes. show. I watched a show almost exactly on this topic just this last week, and it's a really good episode about women and sex, sensuality and sexuality and how we're not, and we're, you know, not supposed to and different things. And mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. talking about, I was telling a couple of my girlfriends, even talking about how in adult films that a lot of the women in them have their labia cut and then sewn back up and then like yeah. uh, tattooed pink to look younger mm -hmm. and that women don't even know what we're supposed to look like because we've seen all these other women that don't look like us. So we're like, oh, like, what am I supposed to look like? And it was very interesting because there was this woman that does these workshops for women to just let, Yeah, I saw you know. that. Yeah, right? Yeah, I saw that one and I saw all of the different kinds of vaginas. Right. And there's so many. Oh, yes. I know. Yes. I know. And it's amazing because right? it's like there isn't a rule here. We're all different. Yep. So you unique. know. Yeah. There's not a way to look. Yeah. Yeah. Don't even get me started about pornography because <laughs> oh, I, don't I even. swear to God. I swear to God. Yeah. I think I have enjoyed pornography as an adult occasionally. Yeah. However, I think that when kids and young men in particular are exposed to pornography too early it what it does to damage the way that they go about having sex is just uh, to me it's a pandemic it's, it's a it's it's no it joke. Is a I pandemic. completely agree with you i know it's not okay and i just we've got to get more mm -hmm. education out there about this because this is how men are being taught how to have sex and i'm sorry it's it's not okay, you know. And young I girls mean, they're, too. Young girls are the same thing. They're watching this, thinking that's what they're supposed to be, and it's like, oh my god, right. that's what they're Whoa. supposed to enjoy. Yeah. And then did you yeah. see that stat? It was like eighteen percent of their top videos showed women climaxing. Only eighteen percent, and uh -huh. and of those, they were never even like touching the clitoris or anything to make it happen. <laughs> like it was just right. all bullshit. Right, right. And of those 18%, probably I would, you know, probably 100% of those women were faking that orgasm. Yeah, right. Right, yeah. which you yeah. get it because it's, it's, not, it's fake. But it's just representing, like, ugh, right? You just, it's funny because 
I don't enjoy it because I, do, I don't see myself in any of them, right? So if I guess maybe right, if absolutely. I saw myself in one of them, I'd be like, okay, I can, I can get on board with that, but I don't see myself in any, any state of mind in any of the, in any of the adult films. So totally. Never, and I think yeah. it's that like Madonna horror complex thing where yeah. the everyday girl next door is not supposed to be a porn star because we're not supposed to enjoy mm-hmm. sex. Yeah. yeah, we're not supposed to, you know. Yeah, and so this book was not written for porn stars. This was written for the girl next door. Yeah, so that you could feel comfortable with your sexuality. Yeah. Um, this was an interesting thing. So she talks about in the How to Drive a Man to Ecstasy. Uh, it says nip nibbling, nipping, eating, licking, and sucking. She says, now don't turn up your nose and make that ugly face. Oral sex is for most people who will give it a try. Delicious. It is part of the sensuous woman's bag of pleasures. Which is just so funny to me because it's like, to me, oral sex now is just part of the... Yeah, it's on the menu you. pretty yeah. much every time. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm doing something wrong, but I feel like it's just... That's... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a blowjob pretty much. <laughs> I, you know, she says, does the idea of putting, does the idea of putting a man's penis in your mouth revolt you? <laughs> now, some women it does. Some women it does. For sure? Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand that at okay all. That's okay, too. Yeah, yeah I don't and that's either, fine. But, but if that does not make you feel sensuous, then don't do it. <laughs> it right, and don't do that. For sure. But, you know, she does talk about then, so she, and then this rest of this chapter is about the taboos, like sexual taboos, anal sex. She talks about, she, she gives all the different ways, by the way, to give Which is really good so head. impressive for 1969. Yeah, especially this one, gnawing. <laughs> oh. Gnawing. There is an occasional man who likes you to gnaw or chew on his penis, oh, but be yeah. extremely careful experimenting with this as one false oh, bite yeah. will put him out of action <laughs> oh i, I, ne- I haven't I've met that. that yeah I, I haven't met that man me neither no I haven't or, met or that i don't man. know that i have well you might have you just didn't yeah, you just exactly. didn't think to do it Mm-mm. no you just didn't I think to gnaw on his penis later. <laughs> snack later um she also deals with, uh, you know, S&M. She talks about, um, you know, people who are into, like, urination and whips and chains and um, stuff like that. But this is what she says about it. And nowadays, this is way different nowadays. She says, uh, the thing that turns him on you think is sick. If he wants to resort to whips and chains or have you urinate on him or something of that nature, I agree with you. I think he's sick. <laughs> and he should let you alone and go find a simpatico sicky, Or better yet, get professional help. I mean, really? Simpatico sicky. That's my new She says, or if he insists upon practicing one sexual act, like fellatio, cunnilingus, or rectal intercourse to the exclusion of all others. I think that's sick too. <laughs> so, 
it's just a little dated <laughs> because I think nowadays yeah. a ton of people uh, explore with whips and chains. And now I'm not sure. doing the urination thing, but I don't yeah, judge it. Me it hey, I don't either. I'm like, whatever. If that's your thing. Yeah, if that's your thing and the person that you're yeah. doing it with consents and it's consensual, I, it doesn't hurt me. It's not hurting me. But don't do it to me. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't want to do it. But so, yeah, so she kind of, she tackles a lot of these taboos. One of the things she talks about is aphrodisiacs. Hmm. So the things that we kind of, we all know now, oysters, now, I didn't know this. Artichokes are an aphrodisiac? Huh, that's funny. I, had no, I didn't who know knew. that either. I love artichokes. I do, too. Uh, some artichoke dip. And oysters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, caviar, honey, chocolate, eggs, avocados, asparagus, beef, mushrooms, truffles, and lobster. Wow, I eat all that Um <laughs> Oh, she says there are a surprising number of people who really believe that ginseng, uh, Damiana, a post, myrtle, and burr, see, these are things that I've never even, and burdock will make you sexier. I'm afraid if it does, it's purely a psychological response, as none of these roots and herbs and herbs has the power to stir you physically. And then she talks about vitamins in sex. And she says Mm -hmm. that vitamin E helps bulls to be better breeders. Hmm. (laughs) So, gentlemen, (laughs) go get you some vitamin E. You know what I'm saying? She says vitamin C is supposed to give rabbits increased sexual stamina. But there again, there's no evidence. I don't know because, I mean, have we just been... Feeding. I think they're doing fine too, but have we just been giving them vitamin C all these years? I don't know. A lot of vitamin oh, here's C one. Carrots? Pomegranates, poppy seeds, and nutmeg will not turn you on sexually. <laughs> will not? <laughs> will don't not. Even, don't even bother. Don't have a poppy seed muffin. Plus, it, plus you'll test positive for muffins. cocaine anyway. Will you? You'll test positive really? for cocaine. Oh yeah, like I my friend in, in college. She was really? a softball player. Yeah, and she tested positive for drugs. And that girl didn't uh-huh. do a drug in her life, but she had a poppy seed muffin every morning. <laughs> oh, how funny. <laughs> so what did they do? Did she, like, get kicked Wait. off the team or something? She or didn't because muffin? they had asked her all these questions and found that out. But, oh, my gosh, okay. she was like, oh, I was like, that is so funny. She's like, I haven't been snorting cocaine all weekend. <laughs> exactly, or ever. <laughs> trying to think of what else in here is just so fun um, how does she like wrap it up like like did, well, she, like, did so she, she give does, it, like a conclusion to bringing it all so, together yeah I mean she calls it contentment and she says that's one of my favorite words she says contentment mm-hmm. that's, I don't, yeah, that's I, a great I don't word. like I don't like that people as parents especially I want you to be happy. I'm like, that's putting a lot of pressure on a little kid. I'm like, I want you to be content. Like, I don't need you. You don't need to be happy all the time. You can that's great. fluctuate. So I always like content better than like happy. It's happy birthday. No, that's you know, great because of- happy is a lot of pressure. 
Mm. There's a lot of pressure on on everybody. I want to have a happy yeah. life. I want to be happy. Well, you're not going to be all the time. There's going <laughs> to no. be, you know, it's an ebb and a flow. You're not always going to yep. be happy. I'm sorry. You're going to be really sad some days. But as <laughs> yeah. long as you're content, you can get through it. Yep. Yeah. You know. She says, uh, so to answer your question, she says, well, here we are at the end. I'm never going to write another book, even if I find a method of having 50 (laughs) orgasms in one minute flat. Okay. (laughs) That's very selfish. And then she said, she says uh, that she needs to make it clear she's not a psychiatrist, psychologist, gynecologist, trained researcher, or any other kind of expert. (laughs) <laughs> she says, I haven't even mastered the revolving door or the electric can opener yet, let alone the stacks of technical papers on human sexuality. This is definitely an unofficial book by a laywoman, if you'll excuse the pun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can picture her writing this. Right? I mean, I just think it's rad. And then she ends it with this little heart that she made out of um. Oh, see this? She said, now, if you'll excuse me, I'm just going to turn over and starting with the silken swirl and the, and the butterfly flick drive my man and me to ecstasy. So basically it ends with her getting in the bone zone. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I, I think that this book, you know, was during a certain time, but I think that women still should check out this book. I think it's it's a fun read. I think that in the sexual climate that we live in today, I think anything that we read that gives us permission to be sexy and to not feel yeah. bad about it is good. Totally. It's good. Whether it's 50 years old or what, absolutely, I totally agree. And, and I love that it's kind of like light and, you know, a little playful and it could be silly because it is outdated in some ways, but it's just, it sounds like such a... I don't know. You're right. An easy read for someone to just uh, kind of almost revamp too, because if you're in a relationship or you haven't been in a relationship for a long time, like you might need a little spark to like reignite your creativity and your yeah self visualization, you know, a little bit. So. No, definitely. And one thing, so after I read this book, I definitely <laughs> bought myself a red lace dolly See? That is only for me. No one has seen me in it. It's mine to be when I want to feel sexy. I put that thing on and I do what I need to do, which is masturbate, by the way. And I, that's mine. I'm not going to wear that for anyone. Maybe one one day if it's like my husband, I'll be like, do you want me to put on my masturbation gown? But I I won't say it like that. I was going to say yes. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, that didn't sound sexy at all. My masturbation gown. That sounds like <laughs> it's very um, <laughs> so it's, the handmade tale or it is. is it that? is, ladies. Oh, please put on your masturbation of, gowns. Oh, oh that just scares me. <laughs> you know that I don't watch it. I read the book when I was in high school. Oh my god! And what's the book yeah? And like? I don't because I, I, I saw watch the first it. episode and I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. It's absolutely yeah, it horrible, and I, I don't need me. to see it. Yeah, I don't need to I see it. I can't see things either. It's hard for me. Well, that's the thing. It's like I'm so 
um, involved in everything that's happening in the world right now, and I'm I'm watching it all, and it's devastating me. And so I don't need to go watch a show about worst case scenario, which is what Handmaid's Tale is. Right. You know, I don't need to yeah. watch it. And me, you know, so same. many people are like, "But you would love it. You would love." I'm sure I would love it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to love it. I'm not going to love women being subjugated purposefully and intentionally by the government i don't i don't love it right you know the book was a warning it's not not entertainment exactly exactly the book is like you know you better fucking right you better pay attention to what's going on you know and i just i can't watch it yeah it's been years i mean that's an old book and they just kind of recently i think for obvious reasons you know, turned it into something, but it's just like, it's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah. I don't know. I, I watch TV before I go to bed and I can't go to sleep ever if I watch scary stuff. So, <laughs> you know, what's funny is every fucking, so I, I watch, uh, Hulu and I'll in it, I'll like end a show and the next show, you know how Hulu like automatically rolls you into yeah, it, it rolls you into a new show. Every time, every time it rolls me into The Handmaid's Tale. Every time. Well, so sometimes I'll be there. Yeah. Stop I'm, not, I'm not paying attention all the time. And then I look up and I see What's-Her-Face, the, the main <laughs> actress. I'm like, no, why did you put this on? I don't. I made it very clear. But I have to turn it off and, like, go find another episode of SNL or something. Like, I just... <laughs> I can't watch it. The news is terrifying enough no. for me, and I follow that I so agree. I can be on top of things. I but I don't. It's kind of no. like Netflix tells me things. I'm like, what? They had the worst comedian on there the other day for you. I was like, that is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you even suggest such a thing? He's not funny at all. <laughs> You're full of shit, Netflix. No, I agree. Sometimes the suggestions are like, no, that is not who I am. And if that's who you think I am, you're wrong. <laughs> He's been watching this. <laughs> oh, okay, let me pull up. I always love reading the reviews. You know what, though? So, okay. So we always do the Amazon reviews, and this book only has 55 total reviews. Is that crazy? A book from 1969. Oh, we need to start reviewing it. I know. We need to put our thoughts on here. This one woman, she says it's uh, dated, but a classic book written during the sexual revolution. I recently bought a copy, remembering that this book made quite a stir when it was first published. I read it in early 1970s when I started college. I'm sure my daughter would laugh, but it brought back fond memories of coming coming of age during the sexual revolution in Southern California. Then this says, uh, dirty, sexy book for dirty, sexy women, old school style. (laughs) She says, I read this book when I was a teenager. I had no idea what Jay was talking about. I do now. (laughs) How do you think you would have reacted if you read that as a teenager? Oh my God. Um, I don't know because I was always seeking out like sex stuff you know Mm -hmm. like when I was a kid I was always trying to watch like the sexy late night stuff I watched every episode of real sex on HBO but that was a good show 
No, it was a great show. I'm saying like it was yeah. to me it was informative more than it was yeah. like so much like it wasn't like watching porn so much as I was like learning I about know. sex and Different learning stuff. about Yeah. I yeah. Mean, someone and I were just talking about this the other day and we we're like, why can't there be more stuff like that? Like because that because we all watched it and we were all interested and we didn't want to do everything in it, but it was honest, right. at least it felt like it. Yeah, and it sort of normalized things mm-hmm. that we're scared of. And yeah. so I think that's what this book does. I don't know if I'd read it when when I was a teenager. I probably would have giggled a lot, but I would have been fascinated. And I think I would have... Um, I probably would have been a little bit more in tune with my sexuality at an earlier age. Because I didn't really yeah, tune into my sexuality or my sexual power until I was much older. Yeah. But I will say this. My mother and my sister both have always been very open with me about sex. I think my mom told me about the ABCs when I was like five. I mean, she was very... Also, I will preface that I was molested when I was a child. So I think she also felt like I need to explain, you know, like, obviously, we have to talk about it. And I had questions that maybe other kids didn't have, because I had gone through that. And so I think she was just really open with me. And my sister also would just tell me, I I don't want to put my sister on blast, but, you know, she would (laughs) tell me about her antics and things. And um, she was just really open with me. Like, she took me to see Risky Business when I was nine years old. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and then we talked about it after she explained everything, you know. So she's always kind of just been really open with me, too. And so I've never, I don't know, it wasn't like my a lot of my girlfriends who just, who didn't know a lot about sex. And sure. like yeah. the first time they would have sex, they're like not knowing what they're doing at all. I knew. I knew yeah. all the mechanics and everything. I knew what went into yeah. it. I just, I didn't feel comfortable having sex until I was much older. Yeah. Um, but this reading this book then might have changed that. Is this something that you would share with like your teenage daughters? This book. It's interesting. I would. It totally depends on the person, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because one of mine is so curious, and the other one's like, meh. So, because even though we we use verbiage that we're not talking about he who's and wee wees and crap like that, we just say what things are. Right. Um, right. <laughs> Well, I did say boobies the other day because it, I had to, but um, it was an American Idol show where this girl's little boobies, she had no bra on and she comes running out of that room. And I was like, ooh, they had to be careful with the camera on that one, right? And the girls were dying mm-hmm. laughing. They were like, oh my gosh. So it would, at an older age, yes, I would definitely think about bringing that and like saying, hey, read it. There's also, there's some really cool books out now for for kids that weren't around when we were there's mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. Um, I know right. there's the doll American girl has a line of books at different mm-hmm. ages for everything mm-hmm. that you go through that are so cool that I wish we would have had when we were younger because really? they're yeah they're like tasteful and respectful but they're honest and you know and they just yeah, tell you about yeah. all the things and um, I had Sweet Valley yeah, High oh right but th- this is these ones are <laughs> like what's happening to your armpits, you know, like things like that. So. Uh-huh. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. So that I would, definitely, I would think about it. Yeah, yeah. 
Take yeah. a shower. Uh, this, I don't know if this is a man or a woman, but they said, complete garbage. This book was complete and utter rubbish. I've never read anything that so insults women. I mean, I know this book is from the 60s or 70s, but that's no excuse for the complete disregard for females. In this book, Jay claims that women should think and fantasize about their men all day, but not be disappointed when they don't treat them in the same way. This is a horrible book, and I am appalled to know that it's still in print. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. I mean, I understand yeah, people. I get it. But I just feel like those, ki- I, I feel like those kinds of um, critiques have more to do with your discomfort with sexuality. I agreed. Then they have to do with the real value of the information in the book. Because, yes, it's problematic. It's an older book. There's clearly stuff that's dated. But it's also the first book that was written for women to allow them to to even explore it at all. There's value in that for everyone. Even if you disagree with points throughout the book. Like, there's still an overall... I I feel like I can understand why... The book saying that women should fantasize all day or whatever. Like, okay, mm-hmm. then if you don't want to do that, then don't do it, right? But yeah, maybe yeah. take, maybe take, there's a, there might be a little truth in there about doing it a little bit more, you know, or taking some more time to, to right. And extrapolate you know? the, extrapolate what works for you. Yes. You know, or yeah. don't, whatever. Mm-hmm. But to, to discredit it because you feel like it's too overtly sexual. It's a book about be, how to be a sensuous woman. You know? And, and you don't have opinion. to do that. Yeah. Right. And if it's just, I'm going to do some of these things that she says on a Friday night in a bathtub, fine. Right? That's yeah. it, you know? And it's like with anything, but I just, I've read so many books that are like mostly bad about sex and sexuality <laughs> that this one to me is like, well... There is some leeway here, and there is still some good stuff for people who who are learning about sexuality from porn, or who are learning about mm-hmm. sexuality <clears throat> from being abused, or who are learning, yeah. you know, this is an actual book with information. So, absolutely it's dated. Absolutely there's issues with it, but... You, I don't know. I just feel like you take the good with the bad. And this whole yeah. season of these sex books, I've related much more to these books than I have to most of the dating books that we did in the That's first season. Yeah. Uh, for me, most of the information has, has been much more valuable and has grounded me much more than some of the stuff in a lot of the oh. dating books. I don't know why that is. Uh, well, and it's I'll a very basic to... primal level, right? I mean... <clears throat> right. Right. So... And I think that the whole, you know, the difference between the relationship that you have with a sexual partner, whether it's a man or a woman or whatever, your, whatever your sexuality is, is sex, is the sex that you're having with them. Because I have my friendships and then I have my um, familial relationships and then I have, but the person that you share your body with is a different kind of relationship. And that's why it's called an intimate relationship. So why not learn as much as you can about how to be intimate with your intimate partner, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's really important to show up and know this stuff. I can't tell you how many men I've been with that are like, is this your clitoris? Is this your clitoris? It's like, honey. Right. It, here it is. Oh. Let me show you. It's okay. Yeah. But you're in your mid-30s and you don't, you're not yeah. sure. I know. Where to find it, you know? 
Yeah. I had a guy say, well, women only have two holes. And I said, well, no, no. that's incorrect. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> the vagina and the butt. I'm like, yeah, and then the thing I pee out of, my urethra, because you're not going <laughs> to fuck me there? Like, no. <laughs> it's a very complex <laughs> organ, my vagina. Like, you know? Yeah. I went like it's this just, not too long ago to my daughters. <laughs> I was like, there's this and this and this. And they were like, okay. Uh-huh, that uh-huh. totally helped. Cause I was like, That's awesome. You're, this is the blood's coming out of here, the urine's coming out of here, the poop's coming out of here. <laughs> nice. Well, and I think so many men, like young men and women think that it's the vagina is one thing. It's just one yeah. hole, you know. Yep. And it's just not. <laughs> There's it's much more complex than that. <laughs> so anyway, I I recommend this book. Would you recommend this book? I mean, I know you haven't actually read the whole thing, but I know you did do some research on it and stuff. Is this something that you would want to go and, and read? I'm, and I want to read it, so I'm excited. Like it's, I, and I, I'm an open person that I'm not going to be like, oh my god, it's so dated. Like I will look at it like I know what year it was written. I'm not an idiot. Like I'm going to look at it like, right? Let's you do can it. take let's out the, the information that. Yeah, you can take out the information that would be useful to you and just do away with the rest. You don't have to keep it. And it's just like, you know. yeah, it's just like any other book, too. I read Catcher in the Rye and thought it was the end all of end all when I was like 20. And then when I read mm-hmm. it later, I'm like, meh. you know, it's just it's it's different when you different parts right. of times of your lives when you read something. It's like Bukowski. We used to read all the time. Right. I don't know. If yeah. You've read. Right. Yeah. We no, I've read, read it out loud. Yeah night like in the middle of the night in San Francisco you know like uh-huh yeah and just thought we were cool or whatever but like now when I read it I'm like meh like I don't know it's just it's different well right and it's like it. when I I remember I mean people hate me for this opinion but like when I <laughs> Hamlet is one Hamlet is a, a book uh, a play a, a story that I despise <laughs> it, you know and it's like treasured literature and I'm like that guy needs to (laughs) shut up like I okay I know your dad's dead I I get it it's awful but the way that it all like plays out I'm like there's so many things you could have done differently (laughs) and it just I don't know it just it's like one of those things is like as an adult, you kind of realize, well, I'm going to take the good from this because I know it's a, now as an adult, I know it's about someone who suffers from depression. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, he's lost, he's just lost his father and found out his mother is a whore. But <laughs> I just, <laughs> and, you know, so I get it, but I still just, it's like something, it's like one of those things that I don't appreciate the way that I'm supposed to because society says, it's like how can you not? Like how can you not like Hamlet? You don't like the Godfather. I've no, no. I can't sleep in a movie. I fell asleep ten minutes into that movie. Oh my god, that's and too I funny. Can, I can never sleep in movies. That should be like my sleep movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised by that. What did you not like about it? I fucking love the Godfather. I just thought it was boring. the first one. Yeah, it's it boring. The first one. I tried. Wow. I was like, oh, I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing but I've seen that's Clueless so like 30 times so you know 
Clueless is a great, that's a great uh, lesson. That's a lesson right? movie. And it's a good lesson. It really is. I know. I love that movie. I won't get into the philosophy of that, but I, I think that that is a, a very empowering story for young women. It really is. Uh, totally. I'm upset about this Godfather thing, man, because it's... <laughs> I was actually listening to a podcast about the Godfather the other day, and the guy was talking about... it. They were talking about it, and he was saying how... You know, it like opens up and it's like there's this contrast of this party going on and then these men. He's like, and it's like the idea that these men are making deals in dark rooms is the only reason why we're allowed to have the parties and we're allowed to have the, you know, and I just thought that was so fascinating because I never made that correlation. Um, and, it, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, men can make different choices. Like, they don't have to sit in rooms and plot out how to kill one another. There's other, right. there are other strategies, Dawn. You know, it's you just like, I don't... You a firefighter. You, right? You could, I don't know. There's so many things you could do differently. Yeah. Just like Hamlet. Anyway, I, I digress. <laughs> well, that's our book for the week. I want to thank you so much for going through it with me and talking about it because it's just it's a fun I think it's a fun book and the stuff that is ridiculous is ridiculous obviously ridiculous and you can giggle about it but overall I think I think people should read this book and just and just check it out for and you know for its um value as of its time you know yeah and think about its historical what what it kind of did for the sexual revolution for women yeah it's a a historical book for sure it's like me it's like i appreciate country music but i don't listen to it (laughs) absolutely absolutely i love all the people i think they seem great but i don't want to hear them sing (laughs) i don't want to buy tickets to that concert okay i'm gonna save them for everybody else no, I get that, girl. I am not a country music fan. And that is just like from growing up in the South and being forced oh. yeah, to yeah, listen to country South. music. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's a good Over thing my it. dad got us out of Dallas. <laughs> oh, my God. I did not realize. Were you born in Dallas? I was born in Northern California, and then we moved to Mission Viejo, and then we moved to Dallas for like two years, and then moved back. Oh, Thank my God. God. Right? Nothing, I mean, what? Nothing wrong with Dallas people. I'm just saying. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's just. (laughs) Yeah. I know you, (laughs) who you are, and you know me, and it just doesn't. My sister's in Dallas now, and she every day is. She cannot wait to come back to California. I mean, she's just like chomping at the bit to get back here. She's nodding. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No offense, Dallas. No offense. No, okay. SoCal is better. Sorry. <laughs> well, listen, um, this was lovely. I love chatting with you. It was. Oh, me too. I wish we could do it more. We need, to, we need to actually hang out soon. I know. Maybe in March or April, so. Okay. Well, I have a guest room, girl. See? I didn't even think about that. Ooh, have you been to the Secret Tiki Bar? Yes, I have. In have PB? you? Yes. For my friend's cool. birthday. It is amazing. It's so fun. 
it's really fun. So I, I would love to do that. About it, my um, yeah, my my like my dad's cousin who's in her late seventies just tagged me on Facebook today. Do you know about this place? <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> no, because it's a secret. We still <laughs> don't know, know about it. Totally <laughs> ruining the secret. <laughs> no, I would love for you guys to come down and we could all go. That would be amazing. Oh, would be fun. Yeah, and if you need yeah. a place to crash, I have a. I have a double bed and a couch and everything. Yeah, so you guys could just totally come good. and you could just land here. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to thank everybody for listening. We'll be back next week. I think next week is The Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex. It's going to be our next book. Hmm. And that one's going to be interesting. I have problems with this book, but we'll talk <laughs> about it next week. <laughs> If you have any questions or comments, uh, please email us at landyourman at gmail.com. Please follow us on Instagram or Facebook. And if you love our show, if you would go and give us a five-star rating on iTunes and even say why you love the show, we would really appreciate it. If you don't like the show, you can keep that to yourself. (laughs) And thank you so much for listening, everybody. And we will be back next week. Carlinelle and Delia Knight.